us is to grow roots. And today, this morning, I want to talk to us about growing roots. You know, I think it's very important for us to grow roots. Uh, and I'm going to give you some principle of why we need to grow roots. And, you know, and but to start the, the story or to start the sermon going, let, let us just pray first, you know, and now let's commit this whole word to the Lord. And I believe that at the end of this, what God is going to do in your life is that you are going to be people who will have deep roots and that people that will not only go through the storm, but come out of the storm victorious. So let us all bow our heads wherever we are and pray and commit this word to the Lord. Father, we thank you, God, for an opportunity to come together, Lord. Uh, Lord, your word says when we come together in your name, there you are with us. And what more, Lord, when we lift up your name, Lord, you, your word says that we, you will draw all men to yourself. And today we pray as we study your word, God, as we honor you with our life and with the praises, with our giving, God, we pray and we ask of you, God, that you will draw all of us in this room closer to you and that we will know you deeper, Lord, that our roots will grow stronger and Lord, that we will go deep into the things of God so that God, at the end of this pandemic, at the end of this, uh, Lord, uh, endemic, Lord, we will come out victorious victorious, we will come out stronger, we will come out like a shining light in the midst of darkness, Lord. We thank you, we bless you in Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I want to talk to you about growing roots. You know, I want to share with you this picture. I think many of us are familiar with this particular uh, tower. Uh, it's called the Leaning Tower of Pizza. You know, it's not the pizza that we eat, but pizza, you know, and many of us might have visited this place in Italy. One, one interesting thing about this particular uh, tower is that this tower is actually 179 uh, foot uh, tall. And of course, about 200 over years ago, it was, uh, it was, it was uh, conceptualized and it was developed. And what happened was that with the moment that it was developed, one of the things that happened, even in the midst of the development of this tower, the tower was already leaning. So the concern was this, you know, why is the tower leaning? It was not uh, stabilized even from the start and for for, cent for centuries, in fact, for decades, people were trying to, sci scientists and engineers goes to this place because their concern is that if the tower would to lean, uh, keep on leaning every year, you know, because what happened is that every year it will, it will go seven feet, 17 feet out of uh, position and you go slowly lean and lean and lean. Sooner or later, you will fall on the houses, on the coffee shop, on the places of interest that surrounding this particular place. But what's interesting is this, in the year uh, 2008, I mean, or, or the 2008, they finally stabilized this structure. So if you go to Italy, you don't have to worry because this structure is no longer lean, uh, no, no longer leaning to, to fall, but it's leaning, but it's structurally sound. Okay, they managed to stabilize it after 200 years of research and development. What, what's interesting about this particular tower is this, this particular tower teaches us the importance of having deep roots and the importance of putting our life on soil that, is, uh, that, that will enable us to grow taller. It's interesting that the architects or the designer of this tower wanted something that is uh, magnificent and tall, but did not look on a few things. Number one, the depth of the soil. In fact, the word pizza, if you know, actually means mushy land. The land of where this particular uh, structure is uh, developed is a place where you would not want to build big skyscrapers because it was not meant to for that. You know, the, the land is not strong enough to hold big structures. But nevertheless, they continue on to do this structure. And what happened was this uh, structure began to tilt and tilt and tilt to a point. Finally, they find a solution in 2008. It's important for us to have 
good foundation. I know if you can turn to your neighbor, wherever you are at home, or turn, just speak out this to yourself, that it's important to have foundation that are right. Okay, but apart from just having foundation that are right, we need to have foundation that goes deep. And that's what I want to talk to you to, uh, today about, about growing roots, roots that are deep. If you look into, or uh, you go to the beach, you realize that there are some trees that, that, that have deep roots. And when the storm of life or the storm comes, you know, and hit the trees, they will not be uprooted. So it's very important for us to have deep roots, you know, and as long as, 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 as much as rocks and cement are the foundation of the house or foundation of structures, roots are the foundation of trees. And today I want to talk to you about what the Bible talks about growing roots, okay, about the importance of growing roots. Colossians chapter 2, if you have your Bible, okay, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to verse 7 says this. So then Paul says to the Colossian church, okay, the, uh, and it says this. So then just as you receive Christ Jesus as your Lord, okay, continue to live in him. Now, verse 7, this is important. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. I want you to know that it's important here that the Bible actually teaches us or Paul teaches the church of Colossians, Colossians the principle of being rooted. And when you are rooted, you can be built up in him and then you will have strength in your faith. Then you will be overflowing with faithfulness. And of great importance that is that we all need to learn how to be rooted in God and not only not not just rooted but rooted in Him. The scripture is so specific that we need to learn that it's important uh, that we need to, to put our roots in the right soil. In, later on, I'm going to talk to you about what Jesus said about soil, but nevertheless, you know, the principle of rooted being rooted and uh, to be built up is not something that is just a New Testament thing. If you look through the scriptures, you'll find out that this is not just an idea that Paul got uh, from, from his own uh, meditation or from his own idea or looking at a tree. But the idea of being rooted and built up actually first was found in 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 30. The Bible says in 2 Kings 19 verse 30 that this was a time that was uh, turbulent and Hezekiah the king was threatened by uh, the king of Assyria, Sennacherib, you know, who threatened to overturn Jerusalem and to conquer God's people. And of course, he went to the prophets and the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Isaiah gave a whole list of what God will do on his behalf. God prophesied in, if you, you can read the whole prophecy in first, second Kings chapter 19 verse 30. But at, in the middle of all that prophecy is this powerful principle of being rooted and to be built up. And this is second Kings verse 19 to verse 30. And the Bible says that once more, a remnant of the kingdom of Judah will take root below and will bear fruit above. Like, look, again, that principle of, you know, having rooted and then we'll be built up in Christ. That means we'll be strong in Christ. We will bear fruit. Can you imagine that this same principle in the Old Testament is the same principle Paul was telling the Colossian church. There is no change because God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, forevermore. And his prophecy for that kingdom and his word for that church is the word for us this morning. It's very important for us to be rooted in Jesus. Matthew 13 talks about how there are different soils where the seed of God uh, can be built on. 
Only one of the ground, interestingly, Matthew, uh, Matthew 13, if you read the scripture, you'll find out that it's actually positive. Rocky ground, Jesus said, that was shallow place. Corny ground, that Jesus said, that got crowded by the, the affairs of the world that sucks the life out of the seed. Wrong ground, where the Bible says that it was thrown on the pathway where people will walk and actually kill the faith or the seed that is growing. But we all need to have good ground. Today, I'm talking to people I believe that in this room that have good grounds and I pray that not only that you will build on that good ground, but you will have this, you will have the seed go deep in you. See, as much as grounds are important, it's important that the seed becomes root, that they are rooted deep inside. Someone says this, you know, a tree that stands, okay, someone by the name of, of uh, of Antonio uh, Lucien says this that a tree stands strong not by its fruits or its branches but by the depths of its roots. Okay, you must understand that the tree stands strong by its fruits or uh, not not by its fruits or branches but by the depths of its roots. Can you imagine having trees that have so much uh, fruits? You know, can you you know? But the the thing that if you can dissect that tree, you will realize because that that tree have deep and good roots. And this is very important this morning that we understand the principle of growing deeper roots, okay, or growing good roots. So today I want to give you three suggestion. I want to give you three suggestion that I believe that is very important. You know, as we look into the word of the Lord, you you will find out that there are three S that 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 I believe that will help us grow deeper in our roots, that will help us come out of this pandemic stronger. And I believe that if we put this into practice, some of this is my personal discipline. If we put this into practice, then what happens is this. At the end of all this uncertainty, there will be a great certainty that will come out of us, that we will grow stronger, we will be great, we will be fruitful, instead of we will be stagnant and stuck, we will be thriving and you know and growing in the midst of all these things i want to share with you three s this morning three s number the first s is this you know uh is is this if you want to grow deeper roots the first thing that you need to do is that you need to learn to spend time with god or spending time with god there is no substitute to this uh not not uh, long too long ago my daughter picked up you know planting trees you know i mean that fat kind of died off but it was the initial you know uh, a friend of mine who a former pastor of my church actually uh, found out that she kind of loved cooking uh during the cb last year you know she picked out cooking here and there she would cook for the family for a while then after that you know uh, because of that uh this particular pastor thought that maybe you know if i send a pack of seeds and soil you know maybe she would consider planting her own plants and wh what she did was you know the she received that that gift and for the longest time, you know, she didn't unbox it. You know, she just kept it in the box. It was just uh, something that uh, was kept in the box, something that was, uh, you know, stagnant and, and just put on, on somewhere, kept somewhere, just collecting dust. Somehow, somehow this year she felt that, you know, uh, that the, the urgency to just, you know, to, to unbox that and do something with it. So this year she started planting uh, those seeds. And interestingly, those seeds were interesting seeds because they grew very fast. You know, they needed, after that, they, you need to transport, uh, transfer them from a small uh, particular shell, you know, to a pot later on. But but what happened was this. This is what I observed, okay. About a year later when my my, my daughter unboxed, you know, you know, she, she, she spent 
a little bit tired of time trying to nurse and nurture. In fact, that you know, because she's a student, she tends to forget. If not, then the papa or the grandmother would would actually take the responsibility to make sure that the plant is taken care of, whether it's to water, whether it's to soil it properly, to make sure that the tree has deep roots and they have nourishment nourishment that that the tree needs or the plant needs so that it can grow and become the vegetable that it's supposed to become. So interestingly, you know, it took a lot of time, you know, it take them, you know, of her busy schedule to put aside to make sure that the, the, the vegetable is watered, to make sure that the vegetable have enough sunlight and etc, etc. But what I'm trying to say is this, even as trees or plants need time for you to take and nurse them, likewise in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Interestingly, you know, we get fatigued for a lot of things. We get tired with a lot of things that are happening. Some of us are happy with the new measures. Some of us are not too happy. Some of us think that, you know, we should open faster. Some of us may think that we should close and all hide in a room, you know. But whatever your point of view is, but the most important thing that will help us grow deeper in our roots, especially during this time, is to help us have time alone with God. You know, it's very interesting. Psalms 1, Psalms 1, verse 2 to verse 3 says this. You know, it says that, uh, but the delight, but they delight in the law of the Lord. Meditate on it day and night. Okay. And verse 3 says, they are like tree planted along riverbanks, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither and they prosper in all that they do. They prosper in all they do. Uh, they do. You see, the principle of Psalms 1 is interesting. You see, the reason for bearing fruit, the reason for being prosperous, the reason that the leaves are alive and green and not dying was the simple fact that it comes before the in verse 2 that they meditate on the word of the Lord or the law of God, maybe the word of God on day and night. That means this particular psalmist was referring to a, uh, to the righteous who would spend time with God and allow God's word to sink deep. And as they do that, they are likened to a tree. They have roots. They are deep in the bank. They're sucking the water of life of the spirit of God and bearing fruit each season. Not, not interestingly, the scripture didn't say some season, but each season. Every time it was seasoned for bearing fruit or in every season that they go through, they bear fruit and they were prosperous. You see, I want you to know, you see, if we don't, we don't draw our source from God, the chances are we will draw our source from something else. My question to you is this, this morning, you see, where are you spending your energy and your time? Is your energy and your time spent on other things that you think that is bringing source to your spiritual life or bringing source to your life? I think you need to consider the source of your nourishment because if you don't you don't you don't nourish the your heart and you don't nourish the gardens of your heart what will happen eventually you know the fruits will start to and the leaves of your heart will start to wither your heart will start to to feel dry and thirsty, your soul will be hungry and what happens is that sooner or later you will wither and die away. But interestingly today I want to say to you is, is this, that God wants us to grow deep roots. And the way that we grow deep, roots, grow deep roots is by the simple fact that we need to set time for God and us to meet and to have communion.
Saint Teresa uh, of Alvila says this, all things must come to the soul from its roots, from where it is planted. My question to you is this, where you are planted or the time that you set your time, there your roots uh, goes in and it draws out the life that you are trying to put into your 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 life, your personal life, you, you know, the, to nourish your soul. What is the thing that is nourishing your soul? I want you to know that the Bible is very clear about certain things. The Bible is very clear about the fact that it, that uh, in John chapter 15 and verse 5 and verse to verse 6, it says that I am the vine, the Bible, the, I mean, Jesus says that you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bear much fruit. Meaning, if you learn how to put your roots in the right source, if your life is rooted on the right things, the chances are you will bear much fruit. For me, without for without me, Jesus says, you can do nothing. Basically, without being with God, without rooted in God, what will happen is that you will eventually come out with nothing. Nothing that is beneficial, nothing that's going to help you spiritually, nothing that's going to help you in your destiny, nothing that's going to bring you uh, stronger and for you to, to that, nothing that's going to help you to overcome uh, whatever that you're going through. Verse 6 says this, if you do not remain in me and you like a branch that is thrown away, I mean, you, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withered. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. Because why? You know, if you know anything about trees, they, they are, I mean, tree branches that we, uh, we, they have withered away, that has dried up. You, you know, they are nothing but to be cut off and to be thrown, uh, maybe to, uh, to be uh, to just thrown away because they are of no use. They can't bear fruit. They have no value. See, I want you to know, no roots equals no fruits. No roots equals no vitality. That was what Jesus was trying to say in John chapter 15. You want fruits? You need to have roots. You need to be abiding in me. You want, you want vitality in your spiritual life, in your life? You need to have your roots rooted in me. See, Jesus himself was an example to all of us. In fact, in his ministry, in the midst of all the busyness that he was going through, I think he's more busy than anybody that I know here on the earth he was ministering he was preaching he was traveling he was doing everything you know and he was discipling he was you know he was teaching he was you know doing whatever that heavens wants him to do and yet again in all that busyness in a day the bible says that jesus took time to be alone with his father it's quite interesting that if you look in matthew chapter 14 and verse 22 you will find that the scripture says this that after he has dismissed them there will be a time where we need to dismiss everything that we think are important but they are not important if they are taking our, the time away from our Lord and the Bible says he dismissed all of them and he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray later that night in verse 23 he says he was there alone my question to you is this do you have there alone moment with God, I think it's important that you know if Jesus practices this this principle or this practice, uh, this discipline of being there alone with his his Father, then what more we his uh, people who follow God that we need to have the there alone with moment with our our Father and with Jesus alone. I believe that if we if we take time, if we take time, we will grow in time to come. 
is very important. If we take time, we will grow in time to come. Principle number two is this. I believe that uh, one of the things that really helped me grow in my roots is actually this principle of speaking in tongues. You know, I don't know whether everybody in this room speaks in the other tongues uh, that God gives the gifts of speaking tongues. If you don't, I pray that you will receive it. I pray that you will hunger to want this gift because I believe that speaking tongues really help someone to go deeper in God. In fact, tongue is a language that the Holy Spirit puts in us, you know, so that we can express everything that everything that God wants us to express, even you know, even beyond human words. There's something that is only limited to to people, like especially like me. If you know me personally, I'm a quite an introverted person. You know, after a while, I will not talk. After a while, I've run out of words to speak. You know what? Especially for men, right? We have a quota for a day, and when we finish speaking the whole day, I'll just be very, very quiet. You know, I I love uh, solitude. I love to be quiet. Uh, I have a place in my room uh, or a place in the home where the kids know that I I need time to be alone, or I need time to just be quiet because I I quite a a, a thinker, and what I do is I write my thoughts a lot. And because of that, sometimes, you know, as we pray, we come to a limit, especially people like me, we come to a limit where we have no more words to speak. We don't know what else to say. We run out of everything that, is, uh, that, that we, we could, could verbalize with our words. And that's where speaking in tongues come into play. And I believe that is of great importance that we learn to speak in tongues daily. Romans, Romans chapter 8, verse 29 I'm sorry, verse 26 to verse 26 says this, you know, in the same way, the spirit helps us in our weakness. Some of us have weakness in many areas. One of the, my biggest weakness is words. You know, I might not have all the words, you know, for the day, but some of us are easier. You know, we have a lot of words, but whatever your weaknesses is, you know, the fact of the matter is the spirit of God is there to help us in our weakness. The Bible says we do not know what we ought to pray for. I believe that we come a point where we don't know what to pray for. There are circumstances where we just, you know, come to a point where we don't know what to say. We don't know how to respond. And that's where the Spirit of God comes in us. The Bible says, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our worthless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God of God. Somehow as you pray in the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that God searched the deepest thing and what he does is this, he stretches us into prayers that we might not know or might not understand from a human mind but God is bringing us into prayers that are so deep that that is beyond us. In 1 Corinthians you know, 14.2, Paul described that, that, that kind of prayer uh, alter, I mean, in this manner, he says that if anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but to God, but indeed no one understands them. That's the truth. And they alter mysteries by the Spirit. It's interesting that when you speak in tongues, you experience the unexplainable that only God can reveal. You know, that's why it's very important that if you want to grow deep roots, sometimes we just need to stop and just let the Holy Spirit pray through us. And that's through speaking in tongues. 
you know, and it brings experience that is so unexplainable. There are many times where I receive revelation or thoughts about certain words that I'm reading that I don't understand. And what I do is that I pray in tongues and when I pray in the Holy Spirit and all of a sudden God enlightens me or give me a revelation of what that word means. Historically, we can learn, you know, uh, a lot of things. But let me tell you, the greatest teacher, the Bible tells us, is the Holy Spirit. He, the Bible says, is there to teach us things about the, about the Holy Trinity that no one could teach us. And it's very important that we have this practice in our life that we learn how to speak in the Holy Spirit, how to pray in the Holy Spirit, not just what, during Sundays, not just, you know, when the pastor asks you to pray, but every day of our life. Jude chapter 1, you know, uh, verse 20 to verse 21. There's only one chapter in Jude, but Jude 20, 21, and says this, the Bible says that Jude encourages us to pray in the Holy Spirit because it builds our most holy faith and keeps us in the love of God. It's interesting, not only that it builds our spiritual man, but it also is the thing that will keep us in the love of God. Can you imagine in this world where there's so many uncertainty, keyboard warriors, comments here and there, changes or measures, we can fall out of love with God and be frustrated and be bitter about everything. But when you pray in the the Holy Spirit that Jude says that not only your faith is strengthened, but he will keeps, uh, keep us in God's love. He will keep us in God's ways. It's of great importance that we understand this. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 4 they, says this, that anyone who speaks in tongues edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. But my question to you is this, we need to build ourselves before we can build other people. And the word edify here comes from a Greek word that talks about building up. We need to build up ourselves. And the way that we need to build up ourselves is to be rooted you know, in God. And that's by speaking in the Holy Spirit. I thank God for a discipline that I've, I've learned uh, while growing up in the church. Many of you know I grew up in Cornerstone. I was a pastor there for a number of years. In fact, nine years to be exact. Nine, nine plus years before I moved on. Uh, one of the things that I I learned from being in Cornerstone or being a young man in Cornerstone is, is that we have prayer meetings that 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 had long long uh, long uh, long portion of time where we were allowed to pray in the Holy Spirit. I remember one of the routines or the disciplines that we have learned was to go for early morning prayer. So on Saturday, we have early morning prayer at 6 o'clock in the morning. All the young people together with some of the deacons of the church, people who love the church and want to build the church, come together and pray with the senior pastor. On Sunday, before the service start, you know, we will pray. And in those days, you know, before they go into multiple services and many locations, you know, we will actually meet, uh, you know, and when the church was not so, uh, was not as big as what it is today, you know, we will go down to church uh, around 6 30 prayer meeting will start so a lot of us will leave home and walk to church or you know until we find the bus the first bus you know that will that will work you know or be operating to, then we'll head, head to church or jump into a bus and head back to uh, head to church so you will be there about six o'clock in the morning or so start praying and then you know my spiritual dad or my my dad will my spiritual dad will actually say this you know to all of us go let's pray in the holy spirit let's pray in the holy spirit even even in our prayer meetings, you know, and then he will say, let's pray in the Holy Spirit for one hour. And for one hour, we did nothing but pray in the Holy Spirit. It was a discipline that he was inculcating uh, in the life of the younger 
uh, members or the younger youth that was there. I was a young man and then we're all learning how to build our innermost being. And I may tell you this, you know, that was one of the most amazing time, uh, I mean, uh, growing up, you know, learning how to build that discipline. Even up to today, you know, it's my discipline to pray in the Holy Spirit. Of course, right now, maybe I'm not, uh, you know, may not be uh, doing that uh, in a prayer meeting because it's different or things like that, you know. But I, one of the ways that I found out how that I can pray uh, in the Holy Spirit all the time is when I'm driving. You know, if many of you know that as, you know, uh, maybe you don't know who I am, uh, but I'm a little bit impatient when it comes to driving, you know, and I really, really, really need to pray, you know, because I cannot stand people who drive very slowly in front of me. So, so I need to pray in the Holy Spirit. So I pray and pray and pray and it helps build my innermost being. And even when I'm driving, I'm receiving from God and I'm asking God uh, for questions and I'm asking God for things and answer for certain things that I'm inquiring of. And it's important you know, and I do that and I realize that my spiritual man is built up. Even before uh, coming to this Zoom meeting, I was just praying in the Holy Spirit. Even in time of worship, I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And what it does, it builds yourself up. And it's very important if you want to build deep roots and have deep experiences with God, we need to learn to speak in, in the Holy Spirit. I put it this way. See, when you speak in, uh, in tongues, you experience the unexplainable, unexplainable that only God can reveal. And it's very important that we have that experience, that we allow God to bring us deeper. We like, allow the Holy Spirit as we pray to pray things that we never thought that we could pray. The third and the last thing this morning that I would like to share with you is this. You know, I believe that if you want to grow deep in God, we need to learn to serve God's house or serve God's church. Serving is a privilege. For me to speak for God is a privilege. For you to lead worship for God is a privilege. For you to lead someone into their chair on Sunday is a privilege. It's an honor and a privilege. And the more we learn to love, to, I mean, the more we learn to serve God and to love serving Him, what will happen is this, we will grow deep roots, not in the church, but also in God. Psalms 92 put it in this manner it was david that wrote this psalm and he says this that the righteous will flourish like a palm tree he says that they will grow like cedar of lebanon verse 13 says this and planted in the house of the lord they will flourish in the courts of our god planted in the house of the lord okay they will flourish in the court of our god verse 14 they will still bear fruit in old age and they will stay fresh and green I want you to know that's how you rejuvenate yourself. No matter how old you might be, no matter how young you might be, the scripture says this, if you learn how to serve God's house and be planted in God's house, you become younger and you will bear fruit even though you are old. It's not only the young people that's going to bring the fruits, but even the old people, you're going to bear fruits because why? Because the principle of the word of God never changes. When you learn how to serve the Lord in his house, then what happened is this, that even though you grow old, you are always fruitful in every season. The psalmist uses the word, Lord, the house of the Lord. You know, many of us refers that to a spiritual place where we meet God. You know, we use that scripture and we think that the scripture refers to a place where we meet God. Well, it's true to a certain degree, but I want you to know that psalmist or David who wrote this psalm was actually referring 
to a physical location. It was the temple. It was a physical location, a place where people would go to worship, to serve, and to encounter God. It was a physical position, uh, place that God, uh, um, that God's people meet. And the psalmist says, when he would, if he go to the physical place and he serve God in that physical place, being planted in that physical place, what will happen is this: he will bear fruit even to old age. Interesting, the word planted actually means to be established. And when you are established in God's house and you serve God in His house, you will be established. To be established means to be strong, fortified, and you know, and something that is established, something that is remarkably recognized and strong. Okay, there's another psalmist who also wrote something about being serving God's house, and that's Psalms 84, which I'm going to show with you on the screen. The guy who wrote this psalm is a guy called Hesop. You know, and Hesop wrote this song, and we quote this all the time. We write songs about these psalms, and this psalm is a very powerful psalm, and is a great reminder to all of us. But this psalm says this: "Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere." We love that, you know. We sang that kind of song. But what's interesting about this, you know, he could continue on to say, "I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of the wicked." We love the first part of the scripture and then we quote the fact that, yeah, it's better to be in God's house, you know, and then, but there are some truth in this scripture that we all fail to see. You see, Hesap was a priest in God's house and he, when he wrote this, he was, he was a singer in God's house, you know, but his main responsibility, if you study his, the lineage of the priest and the assignment of where their allocation is, Actually, Hesop was a doorkeeper. Specifically, he was literally a doorkeeper in God's house. He's the one standing at the door. He was the usher in God's house. And when he wrote those psalms, he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in God's house than dwell in the tents of the wicked. He was literally describing his job scope, his responsibility in God's house. As much as he loved to write God's song, his major responsibility in God's house was to be a doorkeeper, to make sure that the door is open when people come in, to make sure the people who, who has not kept themselves uh, clean cannot come in. He was a doorkeeper. He allows who the, the, the right people in and keep the wrong people out. And that was his responsibility. And even in that, that responsibility, uh, you know, not being in the forefront of ministry, not being the top worship leader or the well-known people on the stage, even in that whole setting, he expresses his enjoyment of serving God in this manner by saying that he would rather be in the house of God, serving God's people, than in the dwell, dwell in the I mean in the, the the places where the evil people dwell. It's interesting that Paul himself shared his life to young Timothy. If you read the scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, he says that he this is how he served God. And he loves serving God even to the end of his life. And he says in verse 6 of Second uh, Timothy chapter 4, says that I already am like a drink that is and a poor offering to God. His life to the end was an offering. He ser loves serving God and he will continue to serve God. And he's like a, a cup that is pouring water out to everybody to refresh everyone. Because why? You know, he loves serving God. Proverbs chapter 11 uh you know, verse 25 reminds us of this principle. Whoever brings blessing will be enriched. One who waters will himself be watered. 
I want you to know this principle is true. If you feel dry and you feel thirsty and you feel that, oh, you know, confused, learn to serve God in his house. And when you learn how to serve God in his house, what will happen is this, you know, you are pouring yourself. But when you pour yourself, God can refresh and pour again fresh oil, fresh water, freshness into your life. God's principle never changes. I believe that it's important as we look at these three principles that I'm sharing with you, three S. Number one, you need to spend time with God. You need to speak in tongues daily and you need to serve God's house. I know we are all online, but there are many ways that we can serve God's house. Some of us can pray. Some of us can, you know, can lead worship. Some of us can give. Some of us can, you know, uh, help out in many, many areas. But as long as we learn how to serve God's house, what will happen is this. God will bring refreshment. God will bring you, will allow you to be rooted in his, God, uh, in his house. And as you are rooted in building his house, he will refresh you with fresh oil. Someone says this, a Malay prophet, I believe that this is how I'm going to end. That the importance of growing roots. He says this, the Malay prophet says this, that a tree with deep roots laugh at the storm. Interestingly, when I think about this uh, saying from this Malay prophet, that a tree with deep roots laugh at the storm, I am reminded of a song in Sunday school. And with this, you know, we will come to close and we pray. And the song goes this, you know, uh, with Christ. In the vessel, we will smile at the storm. We will smile at the storm. It's interesting that Christ is in the vessel. My question to you is, are we in Christ's vessel? If Christ is in the vessel and we are in Christ's vessel, whatever storm that comes our way, we can smile at them. We will not be shaken. We will not be moved. We were not withered away, but in this season of uncertainty will be the greatest opportunity for us to grow and bear fruits and be prosperous in a way that God wants us to. Not just physical prosperity, but even spiritual prosperity. It's interesting that it's in the time of famine where everybody is losing money. Everybody was losing in their business. The Bible says, Isaac's soul in the time of famine and in the time of famine was his greatest pros uh, prosperity and that it was the greatest prosperity that, that came to this man called Isaac because he sold into God. He sold into the, in, in obedience and when he sold, he will surely reap. This morning, I want to pray for all of us before I pass this back to Pastor. I want to pray that God will bring fruitfulness in our life that we were not just allowed the days and the months, no matter what the measure is, to pass us by. When I look back, sometimes I wonder, did we lose one and a half years or one year, 10 months of our life just being locked into the house or having a lot of measures, you know, you know, uh, in, in uh, being, being given to us so that at the end of the day, I know, do we really feel that way, you know, that we have just lost one year and 10 months or one year, 11 months of our life? But when I look back, I realize this, you know, that I'm able to go into God and grow into God and go deeper into God. And, and I look back one, one year, one year, nine months, ten months, whatever the, that period is, I realize that I've grown fruits. 
or grown in areas that I've never uh, would have ventured if this whole pandemic didn't come uh, or didn't appear. I believe that God is doing something in MBC. God is doing something in your personal life. God is moving you and growing you. Don't miss uh, the opportunity because this opportunity to grow and to come out of this pandemic or come out of this pandemic with uh, the greatest victory that you can ever have, the greatest prosperity that you can ever receive, it starts with us learning how to lean and to grow our roots in God. So I want to pray. I sense this in my heart. I want to pray that God will help you. I sense that there are some people here who are going through uncertain time. My first question to you, where are you getting your sources? I pray that today as I release this prayer, that, that you will return to the right source where you will have the right nourishment for your life so that you can bear the right fruit. Maybe for some of you, it's time to be hungry for the gifts of God, for the things of God. And maybe it means praying in the Holy Spirit, maybe engaging God and say, God, I want that gift. Or maybe if you already have given, have that gift, it's time to, you know, to activate that gift, to exercise that gift, to pray that gift out so that God can allow you to experience things that you've never experienced before. Maybe for some of you, you are cutting back in your serving. But today, may I encourage you as I pray for you that you will say yes to God. Even to be a doorkeeper in God's house is better than doing anything else. Even is to press the key in the keyboard for the church is better than anything else. I believe that as you learn how to pour your life to God, God will learn how to, God will in return pour out and overflow your life with His Spirit. Would you close your eyes wherever you are as I release this prayer to all of you. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for all that is listening in. Wherever they are in their rooms or on their way to work or on their mobile phone or devices, together as a family watching in, Lord, I pray, release your supernatural spirit touch, Lord, on them. Release your presence in their home. Lord, I pray today that put you stir the hearts of your people to come back to the source of life. Lord, I pray today that one thing, my prayer is that God, no matter they are confused, no matter if they are disengaged or, to, or, or Lord, they are cutting back, that today that you will stir all of them back to growing the deep roots in you. I ask of you, God, that this uh, uh, this church will have people who are strong because, God, they have deep roots. They can grow higher because they have deep roots, Lord. I ask of you, Lord, in the name of Jesus today, that you will stir within them a fresh passion for you, Lord, a fresh desire for the things of God. Lord, that the busyness and the confusion and the distraction will not hold them back. A lot from the things that you have in store for them. Whereas your word says, no eye have seen, no ear have heard, no mind can conceive what you have prepared for those you love. And today I pray, Lord, this word and this truth, Lord, will become a reality in their life because God, that you are bringing them deeper into the things because God, you want to unveil and unbox, Lord, many things, Lord, that will bring them into a greater fruitfulness and prosperity because God, your word says that as we get our root in, that we will not wither. If we get our root in, Lord, 
that we will prosper. Father, I pray, release your blessing upon them, Lord. I ask of you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. God bless you.